You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Every time I read it, I get this nervousness, this anxiousness, this... What do you mean they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood took them all away? For 120 years, Noah had been warning them, judgment is coming, judgment is coming, you need to repent. If you do not repent, you will be damned. Many in our world have heard the gospel. They know Jesus died to save them, but they've blocked it out. They've decided to not pay attention. It's a very sad state of being. The signs of Jesus' second coming are more and more numerous, yet he'll come like a thief in the night, completely unexpected by those whose hearts are cold and hard. As Pastor Danny exhorts us in today's message, don't let the people you love and interact with go unwarned. Share that amazing grace that you've been given. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Zechariah chapter 13 with today's edition of The Living Word. Zechariah prophesies in chapter 13 verses 8 and 9 in the tribulation period. Verse 8, in the whole land declares the Lord two-thirds of Israel will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. This third I'll bring into the fire. They'll be refined like silver and tested like gold. They'll call on the name, on my name, and I'll answer them. I'll say they are my people. And they will say the Lord is our God. And then you get to the last prophet, Malachi. And as you find Malachi, you look in chapter 4, verse 1, surely the day is coming, it'll burn like a furnace, all the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left of them, but for you who revere my name, those who repent, The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you'll go out and leap like calves released from the stall. And then you'll trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. That's what Peter wanted us to recall, to stimulate our minds to wholesome thinking. Back in 2 Peter 3, verse 2 again, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets. That's just a sampling of their words. And the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. What command? I'm going to suggest one to you. Find Matthew's gospel, the first of the New Testament, and go to chapter 24. Don't have time to read the whole chapter. Let me tell you what's happening here. The disciples come to Jesus and call his attention to the beauty of the buildings of Herod's temple, which he built for the Jewish people to get their support. And as they call Jesus' attention to the beautiful buildings, here's what he says, verse 2. Do you see all these things? I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. That took them aback. That literally happened. We have the historical record, 70 AD, Titus, the Roman general, and his army. They came in, ransacked Jerusalem. Not one stone in the temple was left upon another. Literally happened. 
They think he's talking about the end of the world as they know it. So they say on the Mount of Olives, uh, tell us, verse 3, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so he obliges them, and he gives sign after sign after sign. We're not going to read through all the signs that he gives. I want our attention focused beginning in verse 36. Here's what Jesus says. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And every time I read this next verse, let me just read it. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Every time I read it, I get this nervousness, this anxiousness, this, what do you mean they knew nothing about what would happen? Until the flood took them all away. For 120 years, Noah had been warning them, judgment is coming, judgment is coming. You need to repent. If you do not repent, you will be damned. But you don't have to be. And 120 years while he's saying that to them, he's building the very means for their escape, for their salvation. He's building the ark. But after 120 years of warning them and building The means of everyone having the opportunity to be saved. Only eight people get in the ark. Only eight. They knew nothing about what would happen until the day the flood took them all away. It's not because they had not heard. It's not because they had not been warned. It's because they didn't pay attention and they did not repent. All of them could have been saved. Verse 42, Matthew 24. Here's the command. By our Lord, through his apostles. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. He's talking to believers. Verse 44, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. You won't have time to get ready. And if you think you will, you're just insulting the very words of Jesus Christ. He says you will not have time to get ready. Won't have time. So back in Second Peter... Now that we know what Peter wanted us to recall, the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Keep watch, be ready. Verse 3, first of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Scoffers, they, they scoff, they're also interpreted as mockers. The idea is they don't believe the truth. They ignore the truth willingly. Um, There's all kinds of theories, you know, out there scoffers have. They have their own ideas of human history and what's happening. Uh, A German philosopher named George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel years ago birthed the view that the history of the world is a magnificent progress Uh, worked out toward a time that we eventually will arrive at this glorious state. In other words, things are going to get better and better until we're going to arrive in this glorious state. Some people still believe that. Karl Marx borrowed from that view and created what uh, is called communism. And communism uh, also, in essence, believes that you'll arrive at a state of perfection wherein we'll all live in a classless society. And I hope you've got enough evidence to know how well communism is working. Then there's the much older view of the Greek philosophers and their 
uh, view is that history is a matter of cycles with civilizations rising and falling over time and then endlessly repeating the process, and they'll just keep on going. Then there's the modern scientific view, which uh, is connected with the second law of thermodynamics. Now, I went online and actually found a definition of the law, second law of thermodynamics that I can understand. And it goes like this, the amount of usable energy in a closed system will decrease over time. Let me give it another way, and I think we'll all get it. The ones that take this modern scientific view say that the world is just like a clock and the creation, you know, they don't believe it's creation, just the world and everything. It's like a clock that's been wound tightly and over a period of time, it's just winding down. And once it completely winds down, then life on the planet will just cease. It's over. I'll give you one more view. People believe this stuff. And it's a view that many professional historians take. And it says that history is a, I quote, a meaningless, lawless, shapeless sequence of events. But that's not what the Bible says. You can believe what you want. You can be with the scoffers. You know there are pastors in our own community, pastors who claim to be Christians, who don't believe in a literal Genesis flood? I put them in the realm of the scoffers. What do those people say to Jesus? He believed in a literal flood and he believed it was universal. Peter, the apostle, believed in a literal flood and he believed it was universal. You just go back to 2 Peter chapter 3, pick it up again, verse 5. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. God sent judgment and it was universal. By the same word, same word that brought the flood, God's word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men, those who refuse to receive God's gracious offer of salvation if they just repent. Now, let me point out a couple of things real quick. Nobody deserves heaven. None of us. We're all born into sin. We're all sinners. We all deserve judgment. But with that said, God loves us as sinners, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. God wants everybody to be saved. We'll read that in just a minute, too. The judgment is for those who refuse to repent. Revelation 6, the martyrs are crying out to the Lord, How long, O Lord, until you come and do something about the godlessness, and especially those who took our own lives because of our faith in you? When are you going to do something? And the answer comes back from heaven, just a little longer. That's all we have for today on The Living Word. If you have any questions for us about what you heard from Pastor Danny's study in 2 Peter, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. 
You can connect with us on social media as well. Find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and jump into the conversations there. Find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. And if you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you. Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator, and we know that you'll fit right in. Join us Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship God, read His Word, and get to know each other better. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. With that, our time with you has officially come to an end. We'd like to leave you with the words of 2 Peter 3.17 as we pray that you continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word.